Spend more time in the outdoors and you'll find that everything in life gets better. Yeah, I, I greatly enjoyed this. is one of my funnest podcasts I've ever been part of. No more dreaming, no more wishing. Wave goodbye. I'm gone fishing. Welcome to the Canadian Fishing Podcast. Previously known as the Made for Memories Podcast. Where we explore the sport and business of fishing in Canada. And the memories made in the great outdoors. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Canadian Fishing Podcast. Well done. You didn't even stumble. I had to think about it for a second. Second episode, officially. Or episode 21, depending on how you look at it. So we just got back from Winnipeg. We were at a distributor show and I had a person who was a guest of somebody attending sit down at the booth and say, hey, I listened to the podcast. The new podcast. Well, no, he listened to the old podcast and he um, was really grateful that we didn't delete any of our old episodes. Yeah, because he likes the content. So we're doing something right if we have just like a random fan out there. Felt like a celebrity. I did feel like a celebrity. But it was good. He let me pick his brain a little bit. And um, I believe he said he wanted to hear an episode every two weeks, too, if I remember correctly. I believe he said that Brad needed to have more enthusiasm, if I remember correctly. I don't recall that, actually. That's because you were not there. Oh, you're making things up, but I think you're making things up. Maybe, um, but it was fun. How how was this? Is something people say all the time when you're in the show circuit. How was the show? How's the show so far? How was the show for you? How was the show? show? Have a good show. Did you have it a good show? Fine. Yeah, it was a good show. Yeah, we went. To, this is a dis- distribution show, so it's a, uh, it's it's not like a show where, um, you know, you're as a consumer, you can walk in and wander around. This is an invite only kind of a show. And generally it is our distributor in this case, CSI sports out of Winnipeg inviting all of their customers to come to the show and buy stuff at the booth of their vendors. So it was an order writing show. And I always like order writing shows. You always learn a lot and you always feel productive because you're selling lots of stuff. Um, yeah, it was fun. And, and, Barry and Andrew and the rest of the CSI team do a really good job of making everybody feel really, really well loved, including the vendors. So it was a, it was a good time. The bar is always open. The bar is always open. Yeah. Even during setup and shutdown, which is, you know, it's just a nice touch. You know, I can't imagine it's a big, big bar bill during that time, but it's nice to have a cold beer after you're done. After you're done. Yeah, exactly. And it's and it's nice they they feed you when you're setting up and it's just pizza but it's it's still it's like it's the little things right it's it's kind of neat so um yeah so it was good we were only there for three days and you had a life altering experience uh oh I don't remember my life altering experience your brunch experience our oh brunch my brunch yes oh yes yeah yeah we went uh. We bought brunch for our uh, podcast intro song artist, Andrew Galloway, who does the banjo and the intro. And we bought bought him brunch and he took us to 
Marion's restaurant or Marion's eatery or something like that. Something like that. Marion street eatery. Yeah. And, uh, I ordered the brisket hash breakfast and it was probably the best breakfast I've ever had. It was, I'm, I'm surprised I forgot about the life altering thing, but I'm also surprised because we, we switched things up this Thanksgiving. And instead of doing a big Turkey fest with our side of the family, we had a brunch out. We went out for brunch And I could like, I sat across from you because we hadn't spent enough time together over the last week. (laughs) And uh, you looked like disappointed, even though your meal was quite good. You just, I could see it in your eyes. Yeah, that was a pretty special. So if you ever want brunch in Winnipeg, if you're ever in Winnipeg, Marion Street Eatery, brisket, hash, you won't be disappointed. It was delightful. Friendly PSA. Yeah. Did I say that with enough enthusiasm? You know what? You have a twinkle in your eye. So maybe okay. we're, maybe we have to add the topic of brunch or food to our standard format. Right. Fair enough. <laughs> so today we're not going to be talking, well, now we're done talking about brunch, but we're going to be talking about fishing with... Did you find a tuna fisherman? Maybe. Not today. Oh, okay. Not today. Not today. Okay. All right. So who Uh, are we talking to today? Today we are talking to the average Ontario anglers. Ah. I've listened to their podcast. They do a good job. Yeah. They're, uh, um, well, I guess we could start with a bio and go from there. Jesse Riddle and Andrew Shermer are childhood friends who bonded over their love of fishing. In 2019, they started the Average Ontario Anglers, where they focused on posting fishing content to Instagram and grew their following to over 24,000 followers. Last year, they decided to launch the Average Ontario Anglers podcast to further their reach and share fishing tips, humor, and more to help others become better anglers. Without further ado, please welcome Jesse and Andrew. Yeah. Yay. Welcome <laughs> to the Canadian Fishing Podcast, the very first episode. It's a privilege or to be the first 21. one. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you very much for the opportunity. It's awesome to, to be invited on. So right before uh, I did the bio, you were saying that you're actually related. Did I get the childhood friends thing wrong? Uh, no, that's that's correct. Oh. That's correct. We we've been that friends longer than we've been related for. Oh. Yeah. Uh, it turns out that uh, Jesse married my cousin. So yeah, mm. we, we used to On joke purpose. all the time that you know, wouldn't we? We'd be fishing in the cottage or something together as when we were young, you know, fools, and we would uh, we'd say, like, well, "Wouldn't it be great if we were like brothers or we related? Like that'd be awesome." And then turns out he Jesse decided to fulfill that prophecy and <laughs> married <laughs> my cousin. Yeah, all in the family. <laughs> There was yep. no sisters available or <laughs> I have two sisters, but Andrew didn't want either of them. But oh, okay. I can't blame him. So. Okay. okay. Fair enough. <laughs> so what what uh how 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 old are you guys? How how young are you guys? How how many uh, seasons I'm, around the sun? Uh, 32. Yeah. Andrew's yeah. what? I'm 30. 30. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So what what do you guys do for like day jobs? What's your what's your what's your What's your careers? What's your professions? So I'm a, I'm a plumber. Yeah. Uh, right now I'm actually in school 
uh, doing some of the uh, the schooling for the apprenticeship. But uh, look, hopefully in the next couple of years, I'll be fully licensed as a plan. Good. He's a, he's a good plumber too. Oh. I, I use them at my work all the time. <laughs> usually nothing leaks. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm basically a, a handyman maintenance person for a large indoor um, shopping area. So I do a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and I don't do plumbing. So Andrew comes in and does it for me. Good. Well, you guys, some of your, I mean, we'll talk about the, the Instagram as a project that you've taken on together, but you also work on boats together. Is that correct? Just on our own boats. Yeah. (laughs) But they, they're, they take enough time on their own. We, we've been fishing out of canoes for, for a while. I bought my first canoe or my, my one canoe that I own when I was, I think I was 15 years old when I bought it and uh, it's a swift Algonquin canoe. I love the thing. Worked really great for what I wanted it to do. But once we wanted to fish more together and, and that's, it's, it's a portaging canoe, so it's not very stable. And we wanted to do things like flip for bass and, and stuff like that. And, and really you need to stand up. So then uh, when Jesse had the opportunity, take it away, Jesse, he picked up. Yeah. So we still wanted to keep something small so we could keep it on our, our small car. So we ended up getting a big flat back canoe with a two and a half horsepower engine on the back. And that really opened up areas we could fish um, and, you know, no paddling, which was great. And it got to the point where we were trying to push it a little too far. We were like, you know, tr- we'd be trolling and like in Lake Ontario and this little canoe, like just offshore. <laughs> <laughs> on calm days of course and we caught fish and and we kept pushing the envelope of like what we could do in this little flatback canoe guys would be cruising by us in these huge salmon boats and just like look at these idiots out there in a canoe right <laughs> so then eventually we bought uh, a 14 foot aluminum and that's yeah. been the project right now is fixing that up and it's been fun and expensive <laughs> as most <laughs> boat builds are <laughs> yeah it's it's actually been building it very budget wise um but it's it's I've been very fortunate in uh, in getting the motor for cheap, getting a a sweet deal on on the trailer when everyone's trailers are being sold for you know double what they're really worth because of COVID. Uh, Jesse bought the boat for me, so it's it's been which again the boat has been sitting on some guy's yard for for over you know two decades I'd say, hadn't seen water, two big gashes, yeah, it was it was a pretty rough. Any any leaks in any leaks in the boat, or did you did you did you leak proof it as a plumber? So, <laughs> so we actually uh, there were a couple of huge gashes on either side. I think what happened was the boat uh, he tried to maybe put it onto a trailer and punctured both the runners right to the back of the hull. So there's a couple of big gashes about the size of a two by four on each side. Uh, the previous owner had attempted to aluminum weld it. He was clearly not a professional because we shone a light through it and you could just see light coming through the hull of the boat. So we ground it down, took some epoxy, some JB Weld Marine and mixed that up, put it on and not a leak. All the rivets are good. And I actually just got a new crack in the hull on our one of our most recent fishing trips. Uh-oh. The road to get there was really rough. And so I think uh, it cracked the hull on that one. And then when I used it next, I was at the cottage and... Uh, I turned out the I woke up in the morning and my boat was full of water. But aluminum boats, their tenors are easy to repair. I just dragged it up on shore, shoved a cinder block under it, JB weld again, and hasn't leaked again. <laughs> yeah. 
not bad for a $300 boat. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm I'm curious yeah. to know if that's one of the reasons and in, in these types of stories and conversations that people have really gravitated to both your Instagram platform and your podcast because fishing is expensive or it can get expensive, but it can also be very affordable. So, I yeah. think that it's neat that you guys are really focusing it's so intimidating you you know you talk about having the canoe out on the great lakes and having charter boat <laughs> captains go by with their four hundred thousand dollar or more boats and but you don't need that to have a good day on the water mm -hmm. yeah and and that's really what we decided to do because we were back in the day i was like and we wanted to make some kind of social media account. And we were like, we, we want to be relatable to the majority of people. Um, because again, most people can't afford, you know, bass boats or high-end boats. And, you know, there's other podcasts and, and social media accounts about that kind of stuff, but we can't talk about it because we don't have it. So we're like, let's talk about what we have. And what we have is inexpensive. And most people, especially in this time, the economy, most people can get on the water for a few thousand dollars or in a kayak or canoe that's, you know, you can pick up for fairly inexpensive. And yeah, it's been great. The, a lot of people ask us for advice on, you know, our boats or like what we, what we would get or how to fix this or fix that. And it's, it's been fantastic the last few years. So we're, we're really happy with how it's been. Yeah. Is that, is that how the name came about average Ontario anglers? Is it uh or is there is there something more behind that name? No, I think I came up with the name because I, I I was saying to Andrew like, you know, what should we call it? And we we're coming with all kinds of goofy names because we're we're a bunch of goofs. And I was like, I just want to make an Instagram for the average guy. And we're like, average Ontario anglers. And it's like, all right, sounds dumb, but it, you know, it, it caught on, and I don't regret it still. So it must be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What made you want to create an Instagram? Or a social media presence? Um, so originally I used to do, I had a tool account where I did tour reviews and I did really well. I mean, I got flown around the country, different events. It was pretty fantastic. And it got to the point where it just, um, it wasn't something that I was truly passionate about. It was more like a work thing. Um, so we wanted to do something that, you know, our, our passion, like me and Andrew, if we ever have a day off, we're, we're out there fishing. Like that's what we love to do. So I was like, let's do a fishing account. And we started that and it, it went very well. I stopped the tool account altogether. I was like, I'm done with this. It's not worth my time. Let's do all of it in the fishing. And me and Andrew always have a camera in our hands. We always, when we're fishing, we have a camera, we have a GoPro. Um, you know, we tried our best to take good pictures and videos and I'm like, let's post these, you know, just for the heck of it, see what happens. And it turns out some people like looking at them and commenting and it just, it's kind of snowballed to the fact that now it's kind of a thing we do every day. <laughs> I was going to say, even from a young age, when, when I was, you know, 12, Jesse was 15 and we would, uh, we would film footage of us fishing together with the old, you know, 3.2 megapixel camera that took like double A batteries. Yeah. Like, it's just trash stuff. We'd, we'd take photos of even disposable cameras if we had it. And we would actually send each other like CDs and letters because again, social media didn't exist. I lived up in Beaverton at the time. So internet was dial up at best if it was coming through. So we would send each other like before social media, we would send each other, oh, here's a CD of like this summer's like fishing photos and and a handwritten letter because that's how we communicated back in the day. That's like yeah. the mixtape of social media. Like the cassette <laughs> was, tape. Yeah. Old CD-ROM. 
So in 2019, I did my very first lodge trip. And yeah. I, Brad, I don't know if you've heard this story, but yes, that's I've my, heard this story. when I caught yes. the, the personal best. Yes, I've heard the story many fish, times. You know, the, yes. the biggest pike. Yes, yeah, no, yeah. I'm, I'm aware. Anyways, so I sent this picture to my brother. <laughs> Giant fish, super proud moment. And How big was it? How big was it? Uh, it was 45 inches. He was very nice. That's a nice pipe. Pretty baby. Anyways, Brad said, what kind of marketing manager catches a fish and takes a picture without the lure in the mouth? Like from a, a Len Thompson perspective. And my reply <laughs> was the type of marketing manager who has exactly who has seen a 45 inch fish for the first time in her life and freaked out. The reason I'm telling this story is to follow up with a question. What are some tips that you can give people for taking better pictures while also making sure that you're treating the fish properly? Uh, it's biggest thing is you don't want to have the fish out of the water uh, for too long because one, you're going to have if it one, it's really hard on the fish, but two, even for the photo, I find like a good photo, you don't need much time for. If you're sitting there trying to pose it for too long, you're not really going to get a great photo even at that. And there's more chance of that fish, you know, bleeding down its its side out of the gills if it was hooked deep or, or smashing itself in the side of the boat when it flops out of your hands inevitably. So the less time possible that you can have that fish out of the water posing for that photo, uh, the best. There are some like rules of thumb. Uh, a lot of guys are like, they call it straight arming and you hold the fish out here and it looks... It looks huge. We don't often do that in our photos. We try and keep, you know, at most 90 degree angle. And it may not look as impressive on, on screen. But again, by doing so, especially certain fish, like you get a big muskie, if you're holding it, holding it out, you can put a lot of tension. If you're holding it improperly by the gills, you can start separating its spine. You need to support it in the, in the middle. And a lot of these fish, if you're trying to get that really cool photo, you might not be in the best position to actually safely handle that fish. So those are the couple of things that for me, I I always feel bad if if fish does, you know, jump out of my hands. I'm even trying to unhook it and it falls down and the bottom of the boat starts flopping around. I, I don't feel great. <laughs> so to, to minimize that as much as possible and unhook it in the net, lift it up, snap a quick pick of however you want, have the other guy ready with the camera. You're all prepped out of the water, a few photos back in the net. Yeah. And I think too, the main thing would be, be prepared. Um, one thing that I've been doing for a long time, even when we go river fishing for salmon and steelhead is I bring a tripod. Like it, it's annoying. It's super annoying to carry this thing with you in your sling or in your backpack when you're fishing, but there's no better way to get a picture. So you can have the fish in your net and having a net, like Andrew said, that's a big thing because you can keep the fish in the water while you're preparing quickly set up the tripod, set a timer up, take a picture and you can get a really good picture and have the fish back in the water swimming away um, and get that good picture and not having to like, you know, try to hold your phone up or prop it on a rock or like with a beer can or something. It's just like it, all that time you're wasting to try to get this shot that's going to turn out terrible anyway. The fish is, you know, not being treated properly. So it doesn't take a lot. You can buy like a cheap tripod on on Amazon or whatever for a few bucks. If, if you're not fishing with, you know, your fishing buddy, because oftentimes we're fishing by ourselves when we catch our biggest fish and no one's there. We're like, oh, I didn't get a good picture. You know, all you need is a tripod. They cost $20, you know, for a cheap one. So that'd be my advice. Hmm. I saw somebody uh, on some, 
I think, I think it might have been the fecal fishing guide. And he went and he was taking a picture with a fish and it flopped and he lost, he lost control of it. And he like, like basketball pushed the fish into the water and to get it so that it didn't land in the boat. And I thought that was really cool. Like, I was like, oh, like I hadn't ever considered that if a fish is flopping and you're going to lose them, it's better to try to like kind of shove them over the edge of the, of the boat instead of, you know, just dropping them and have them flop around. So I just thought that was kind of a cool, but I like that do like try not to overthink it, just do it quick. And, and, and it's better for everybody involved. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another great tip so if when you are ready to take that photo like when jesse and i fish together um you know one guy will get ready with the net as he's bringing the fish and we have it down to a system so you get a good one need the net i'm ready as your net man get in the net i pass in the net then the other person now gets their phone out ready to take the picture of them mm-hmm. and then as soon as they're ready they come up a couple rules of thumb we generally like to use you'll see in a lot of our posts just for again to get a good quality photo where it's it looks staged and looks nice is if you can have the fish pointed towards the camera, you, you don't want to have it completely broadside to it. It looks very like cinematic almost to have it pointed towards the camera. Not a whole lot. Depends what you're going for. If you get a shot right in the salmon's mouth straight ahead, it looks pretty cool. It's like that. Oh, There's yeah. a great example of the muskie. Yeah, yeah. So if, I if, take some pretty good shots, I'm saying. Yes, <laughs> Jesse's the better photographer, I'd say. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so just trying to to have it not... Like we have a few different ways we'll hold the fish and pose for a fish. And we know that looks good in a photo and that's all we'll do now. So we don't have to think of on the spot. Oh, you can even prepare in advance how you're going to pose with that fish, how you want to hold it before it's even out of the water. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, how much time do you spend on the water? Both of you? Not enough. <laughs> Less than people think. Yeah. <laughs> it depends. Like we try to get out as much as possible uh we generally what we'll do is um we'll plan throughout the summer a bunch of trips like me and andrew will go on you know a bunch of trips and this year we went to actually to algonquin um for our fishing trip on a on a nice trip for a few days but generally we're just going out for the day just like the average guy like you know we work full time and you know our, our weekends are pretty busy too so if we can get out for you know a few hours on a sunday after we're you know, done what we have to do. We might get out for five hours. We might go down to the pier and cast, you know, for salmon for a few hours, but mm-hmm. we're just using every little opportunity. We're not going on big trips generally. So yeah, even, even this, do. this year, as our big trips, we did uh, a weekend trip together. Uh, we did, we did two weekend trips actually. And we had the little short camping trip again, it was four days. And I think the rest was just afternoons. And again, yeah. you might get out fishing together uh, on the boat, best case scenario, twice a month, maybe three times a month if we're really fortunate. And then we'll get out, you know, shore fishing. I mean, the spring is great. You have, you know, carp coming in. It's nice to get out a couple hours after work or even, like Jesse said, going for salmon at the pier. You can go out and, and fish for that just midweek even after work just to get out in the water. But it's a lot of people, they'll see us posting content every day and you're out fishing all the time. It's like, we just take a lot of photos when we do go out. <laughs> Two questions. First one is where in Ontario do you live? So, so we I live in Oshawa. Yeah, just east of Toronto. Yeah. Yeah, I live in Ajax and he lives in Oshawa. So we're about half an hour from east of Toronto. 
So it is, it's pretty, pretty crowded where we live. There's about 10 million people that live in the, the greater Toronto area. So there's, there is a lot of fishing spots, but there's also a lot of people that fish. So we do our best to find little back lakes and, you know, little creeks and in the middle of nowhere. So we can fish areas that aren't completely hammered. Cause a lot of the lakes around us are, are very pressured, unfortunately. Even lakes where it takes like an hour to get to, like hour and a half to get to, like the Quarthas, amazing fishing opportunities there. But even if a 14-foot tenor, you got to make sure it's the right day to be out on a Quartha Lake. Hmm. Those waves still get big. So even even then, it it limits, we're limited as to where we can go. And even in canoes, you got to be careful looking at the weather, looking at the wind conditions. It, it limits you even more to your access. So yeah, we're surrounded by some great fisheries, some world-class fisheries, but accessible by the average angler it's it's pretty tough to get your spots to find them that does tie into the the second question when i was asking where you lived do you try to plan your content around where you go or are you big explorers or are you always looking for different spots or do you kind of just have your your hot spots that you fish over and over again and try to stock up your content base uh like we have our favorite lakes that we've you know we've been fishing this area I mean, our whole lives, like over, over 20 years. Right. Um, so we have, you know, some lakes that we like to fish and we fish a lot. There's some one, some of the Aquartha lakes that we fish generally I'll fish like maybe six or eight times over the summer. But I, the last few years we have been kind of expanding because we've got the slightly bigger boat. We've been driving a little farther, trying different lakes because it's a lot less effort than paddling around. We can just zoom around in Andrew's boat. So we have been trying, but for one, it depends like, if you're fishing open water, some of the lakes, but when we're fishing in the spring for steelhead, there's only so many creeks that you can fish near our house. So we kind of fish the same creeks every year for the last 20 years. Cause there's no other options, <laughs> but you know, we have steelhead and, and um, you know, trout fishing in the spring. Uh, we do some carp fishing, which is local to our area, like not far from our house, uh, literally 10 minutes from where we live, we can find a bunch of spots. And throughout the summer, like we have bass and walleye and musky fishing, and then in the fall, the salmon come in. So, I mean, like within like half an hour of our house, there's quite a, quite a lot of fishing opportunities, which is amazing. That is amazing. Um, to have that, you know, all the different types of fish. Like we have so many fishing rods and everyone's like, why do you have so many fishing rods? I'm like, we fish for literally like 20 different kinds of fish, you know, like mm. I can't use my musky rods for, you know, sunfish, you know, like we have all these rods because in Ontario, there's so many different kinds of fish. It's amazing. And, and Canada in general, like we're, we're so blessed to have such good world-class fishing uh close to our house yeah you start so how long ago did you start the instagram account uh i think it was 2019 oh that was, so not that, that long if you were paying attention it was in the bio that yeah, i wrote that was in the intro i wasn't paying attention i was i wasn't paying attention <laughs> <laughs> so in four years basically you've 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 attracted 24,000 uh, people to your Instagram account. You started a podcast. So where do you think that growth is coming from? How, how, how do you, how, what would you attribute that to? It's Andrew's mustache. Basically. Oh, so like sense. our account was doing okay. And then Andrew grew mustache and it was just like straight up. Right. Okay. I get that. <laughs> so to hack the algorithm, the, the answer is a beautiful mustache or as my yes. seven year old would say a beauty mustache. Yeah. Okay. I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> I I think I've been doing Instagram for 
almost 10 years now and Instagram is very weird. It's, it's hard. Like, again, we're not a massive account. Like some people have hundreds of thousands of followers. Um, Instagram is very weird cause it's constantly changing and the algorithm is, it wants this one day and the next week they change it and you want that. And they, they, they try to push this and that. And the main advice that I'd give to anyone, if, if you're looking to grow a social media account is you just have to be consistent, um, be relevant to like the, your target audience um, relatable and then just have fun. Don't try to fake anything because people aren't dumb. They can figure out if you're faking something. They so just be yourself, have fun and, and post all the time. Yeah. We, 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 Jesse, Jesse's the main guy who runs the, uh, he's the primary for sure on the account, on the social media. He's got more experience with that side of things. Um, but I think what we hear a lot of when we talk to our, I was about to say fans, but they're not quite that, our followers, <laughs> is they they really appreciate that like jesse and i we like to be genuine we're honest we when we review a product if we if we do that we're honest about it we don't have any ties with any brand specifically you know we like we prefer the the small shops the local tackle shops over the big box stores they have better selection they got you know it's family owned it's, it's cool to support local so things like that is uh, you know, people really that we've talked to, they really appreciate that from us. You know, we we are average anglers. Yeah, we we make it out more than a cottager who goes fishing when they're at the cottage. That's just because we have a passion for fishing. So we make the effort to get out more. But we're not a professional level. We don't have the money of a professional guy to to go enter tournaments and have the big bass boats, have, you know, whatever gear we want. Every purchase we've ever made for fishing comes with a lot of thought. Like even buying a new jerk bait. Jesse and I will text each other and be like, Hey, like, what do you think of this color? Like, I want to get a good one. I'm going to get, you know, this the Jackal rearranger. I'm going to get something else. And it's a $30 jerk bait, but we're going to text each other to see what color <laughs> we should yeah. buy. So it's, it's just that, like you said before, Jesse, that's relatability with it is I think that's what's kept it engaging for our followers. So, so what, what inspired the podcast then you, you did the, you did this media and in Instagram. What what well, so, took you to the to the to the <laughs> next? I was gonna say, I I wanted to do a podcast for a while. Yeah, me too. Uh, and then my my wife was like, "You should do a podcast." And I'm like, "Yeah, I I, I know. I, that's what I want to do." And then Jesse, he's like, "Hey, let's let's look into actually let's actually make this happen." So we we just said, "Yeah, I, we've been thinking about it for a year, a couple of years." I listen to podcasts all the time. I listen to a bunch. And I'm like, you know what, as for the fishing podcasts that are out there, I think we could have a lot, you know, more entertaining content than what I've been listening to yeah. <laughs> with just yeah. ourselves. So I'm like, you know what, there's a cool niche to fill. And a lot of them is is podcasts about, you know, guys fishing tournaments, guys down in the South, you know, and yeah, there's a huge market for that down there. But for guys like us, it's, it's again, not relatable. I don't live there. I don't follow the tournament, you know, series that, that closely. So for me, I'd rather listen to something where I can actually get useful tips, you know, something that is from the waters that I fish. That's what I, I want to hear. I keep my ear, you know, I, I'll listen in conversations at a local tackle shop. If they're talking about what lure works for them or what, you know, where they're fishing, where the fish are holding, that's when you're going to get your best information for fishing those lakes. Is that what you do is you just go to tackle stores and you like hide behind yeah the different displays and just I'm in full camo about... in any type of story. Yeah. <laughs> All disguise. It happens. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
like our Instagram, it's fun and all. And like, you know, we have, you know, a decent amount of followers, but I'm like, I don't know with this podcast, I don't know if it's going to work out. So I'm like, let's just, we bought all the equipment. It was a bit of a investment up front because we decided, you know, we're going to buy all the legit mics and, and interfaces and all that crap that we needed. So we invested like over a thousand dollars and I'm like, we, we didn't want a lot of money on the podcast. We wanted to. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know if this is going to work. Let's just try maybe five, 10 episodes and see what happens. And it literally just exploded like amazing. So we're like, let's keep doing it. And we've had it every single week. And we've been trying really to be consistent, like every single week. And we're actually just recording episode 30 uh, tomorrow, actually. So yeah. They laughed 30. Yeah. So I mean, doing it every week has been such a grind, like, especially like through vacations and, you know, you know, Andrew or me getting sick every once in a while. And it's just like, I don't know, should we just skip this week? We're like, no, let's just keep doing it. And it's, it's been good. And it's, it's, it's funny who, who we hear listens to our podcast. I don't know if it happens with you guys, but like, we'll just be like, you know, at our local, we have a taco shop literally down the road from where I work in your Andrew's house. And we're there all the time. They, Which like, one is it? I used to work Are there back in the say? day. Ganyan Sports. Okay. Yeah. So they're, they're, they've been in Oshawa for legit years, like oh, decades yeah. and decades. So we're always in there and we'll just, all of a sudden, Andrew's getting recognized all the time. Like, oh, hey, you're Andrew. And he's <laughs> just like, famous. this is weird. Yeah. So we'll go to the sportsman show and people will just come up and be like, Hey, I listened to your podcast. It's just like, it's so weird. Just they being ask for photos with us, which is like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you don't want a photo. You Andrew. I guess <laughs> it's true, but it, it's weird. The, the people that will just come up to you and I, we have no clue who they are. Like, obviously they listen to the podcast or, or Instagram or whatever. And they'll just be like, Oh, you know, we listen to your podcast and we're like, Oh, Hey, that's awesome. Who are you? <laughs> But there's actually just an, uh, an event and there's a few pro anglers that were, that had come in for actually to the two Gagnons, actually, uh, just for a sale you're having a promo. And uh, one of the guys there, I don't know if I can say his name, but uh, Seth fighter, he, I, I follow him on Instagram. He also follows our account. And so when I went in there, he recognized, he knew exactly who I was. And it was so bizarre to be recognized by like a pro angler, by someone who like, I should be recognizing you, you are a professional in this field. Why, like, why am I getting recognized? And it wasn't, there's a few guys around and, you know, they're excited to say, Hey, you're, you're from average Ontario anglers. Like, look, I follow you guys on Instagram. I listen to your podcast. I'm like, you're just fishing in California. What are you doing talking to me? <laughs> it's, it's very weird. <laughs> um we were just talking there's a bunch of like reps for bigger brands and stuff like that and they're the kind of people that it's like they're not ever going to talk to you unless you know you have something to offer and they you know we talk to them all the time they talk to us like we would never have had that opportunity if we had, hadn't invested all this time over the years um creating the content we do so it, it's nice to to see you know you get some benefits for all the hard work that you put in so really that's what we're we're aiming for is just to continue doing it, continue having fun and, you know, just keep fishing. Really. That's what we love to do. All right. Well, Andrew said that he's a big podcast listener. Have you listened to our podcast before, Andrew? It's okay <laughs> if the answer is no. <laughs> I, uh, I, I didn't know Glenn Thompson had a podcast actually. So before we, we came on, Jess is like, oh, they, they're writing some podcasts. I'm like, 
okay. I, I didn't know there was one. So I listened to a few episodes. Yeah. Okay. Well, so you're, you're familiar with the format and you're familiar with yeah. rapid fire. Um, yes. are you, do you know the rules of rapid fire or do you need a refresher? Let's get a refresher. On okay. It. So it's the, been a while since I, the rules of rapid fire is that we have a list of eight questions. This is the first time we've had two guests on. <laughs> so I've divided the questions. Um, you get 30 okay. seconds per question. Um, if you go over, Brad yells at you. Okay. <laughs> and if you go under, then you get a pat on the back. Sweet. So really high stakes. Really high stake game. These aren't embarrassing questions, are they? No. Yep. All right, sweet. Give those to Andrew. Okay. <laughs> really embarrassing ones. First question, Andrew, what is your favorite episode that you and Jesse have made so far? Uh, I think it would be uh, the one with Radio Voice Royce. We, we haven't had too many guests, but we've we recorded that camping uh, in the back lakes, like six hours north, and recorded that while we were camping. And that was that was an experience to just be recording out in the woods <laughs> in the pitch black at night around a campfire. Uh, and it turned out, after Jesse did all the editing, I think it turned out as probably one of the funniest episodes we've done. Which episode number is that? Do you know off the top uh, of your head? 28. 28. Okay, so 28. 28, isn't it? Yeah. Perfect. I forget. It's one of those. So, what, three hammocks and a cricket or something like that? Four hammocks and a cricket. Four hammocks yeah. and a cricket. <clears throat> Just because the, the cricket part was because Royce, our, our camping buddy, a cricket got stuck in his truck. So as we drove Jesse. up to the lake six hours north, all we heard is a cricket all the way up just chirping and he's like i'm just waiting for that thing to die <laughs> yep. jesse question number two you quite often talk about gear on the podcast how do you decide what to try and when for like lures gear gear Whatever. just gear off I'm a gear junkie. I buy way too much gear. Like Andrew knows, like we just got into musky fishing a few years ago. I have six combos now. <laughs> I just buy gear. And what happens is I'll buy gear. And if I don't like it, I sell it to Andrew. But I generally like to, I do a lot of research. I do a lot of research and I, I talk to people that are knowledgeable on the topic and I try to make the best decision for what I need pretty much. And then you have Andrew as a backup plan. Yeah, and then if it doesn't work out, Andrew buys it. It's fine. It works out because we have different fishing styles. So generally, if he doesn't like it, it's because it doesn't match his fishing style. But it generally matches mine. So I'm like, it's too stiff. He's like, I love this. this. <laughs> Andrew, what is, I've asked this question before for other guests, but it's one of my favorite. What is okay. your most intense experience that you've had in the outdoors? That's a tough one. I, I I would have to say it's portaging back. We were, we were camping back lakes on a portage in Algonquin Park. And the day we had to leave to come back, it was just a windstorm. And there's like three foot white caps coming across the lake. And all I have to do is get across the main basin. And I'm with my brother, my nephew. And we're just like, he, he wanted to help paddling. It's like, grab the gunnels and don't move. And we just hammered through it. <laughs> a rough lake could be scary. It could be an intense experience. Well, it was... Yeah, that was in my canoe too. So it was, there was water coming over the bow. <laughs> and it was May. But it was pretty cold. This is back to you, Andrew. 
right back. The Ooh. script person just went right back to you. Dude. <laughs> Best childhood fishing memory with Jesse. <laughs> There's so many to choose from. Um, <laughs> I would have to say it has to do with my brother, just because we, we've quoted all the time. So the three of us would be fishing at, at my family cottage. And my brother was going through puberty at the time. And so his voice cracks like constantly. And so there's a couple of videos that we have rolling around where uh, there's my brother. We catch a pike and it's like, you know, like, I don't want to fight another one, but sure. Or, uh, or you know, catch a pike is like 22 inches. It's a pretty good size. <laughs> we quote those all the time. Yep. Poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> What's your brother's name? Jeremy. Oh, Jeremy happens to everybody don't worry bud all right jesse this one's on you sorry i made the questions uneven andrew my apologies uh jesse your best adult fishing memory with andrew with andrew okay so we went fishing in the canoe for salmon in one of the river mouse and the water was ice cold we went out in his tippy canoe we were trolling he hooked a big no i hooked a big salmon i was fighting it beside the boat as i reached down to grab it we both, for some reason, leaned over at the same time. We flipped the canoe. I'm holding onto this Chinook with a big Rapala hanging out of its mouth with treble hooks. I'm hanging onto it. And our buddy pulled us to shore in his kayak. It was terrible. <laughs> you landed the fish, though. Yep. Yep. We got photos of us just standing knee deep in the water, soaking wet with like a salmon in front of the yeah. canoe. All of our gear is just completely soaked. Yeah. Andrew, good. what is the biggest challenge that you've experienced with average Ontario anglers? Uh, it's probably been trying to, to film the content. And I know the biggest challenge is for me just doing more. I know with Jesse, he does like the lion's share. And by that, I mean like 95% of all editing, you know, recording, all that stuff. And so for me, trying to find my place of how I can contribute to be hopefully make it more of an even playing field has been the biggest challenge for me. Team player. This question's for Jesse. How do you come up with ideas for content? It's, it's nice living in an area where you can fish 12 months of the year. So really content is easy. It's just like, what do we normally fish for this month? Oh, okay. It's, it's steelhead season or it's, you know, catfish season or it's bass season opens up. So we pretty much just, especially when we're, we do our podcast, we plan them like 10, 20 episodes in advance. We're like, we're going to do this, 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 this. And we just go through like right now it's September. We had salmon. We're talking musky. Like it's easy. We just pretty much plan it according to what is the most popular fish to catch at that period of time. All right. Last question, Brad. Last but not least, I'm going to go back to Jesse. Ooh. Two in a row. Best advice for the average angler on becoming a better angler? Um, don't complicate it. Keep it simple. Again, like you said, like I'm a gear junkie. I buy too much gear. But deep down, we all know you don't need that much fancy gear. You just need a few things. Um, do your research. Talk to people that are more experienced than you. Uh, that'll really shave off a lot of wasted time for yourself to figure it out yourself. If you can get good advice from, you know, maybe your grandparents, your parents or other anglers. You guys were pretty good at that cool. game. I think Jesse was a little better than Andrew. What can uh, I, I say? I think he kept the, the answers a little bit toiter. 
Twitter. <laughs> All right. When um... I edit the podcast, I always make Andrew's voice 0.1% faster. Just kidding. <laughs> That's why he sounds like a squirrel sometimes. <laughs> it is nice having the editing power, isn't it, Jesse? Oh, it's amazing. Sometimes I feel bad because I'll be like, well, we'll do a podcast and he'll tell this long story in it. Like we always go off on tangents sometimes. And I'm like, I feel bad, but I have to cut this out because it makes no sense to what we're talking about. So I'll cut out big sections of the podcast, like five, six minutes sometimes. And I'm like, will he recognize that I cut it out? But it's like weeks later and he doesn't even remember. So I'm like, perfect. That's great. <laughs> no, I now he knows. Sorry, though. Andrew. I, I don't remember what I said 10 minutes ago. So for me, I know he cut stuff out. And if I don't remember, it wasn't that important. <laughs> All right, guys, are you going to rock, paper, scissor on who tells the uh, homework assigned fishing joke? Oh, he has it. Oh, you Andrew have it. Okay, it. Andrew, you're yeah. up. Are you ready? All right. All right. I'm ready to laugh. Oh, no. So I, uh, what's the difference between a tuna and a piano? You can tune a piano, but you can't piano a tuna. Ah! <laughs> uh, just for the hell of it oh gentlemen you guys have been a blast thank you so much for your time today and for coming on the podcast um before we go can you just tell our followers how they can become your followers you can follow us on instagram at average ontario anglers our podcast is average ontario anglers our youtube channel is average ontario anglers <laughs> It's all average Ontario English. You can find us anywhere. Thank you so much for joining us. And until next time, listeners, happy fishing.